What to do, my homies, my peeps, my rounds, my partners, and most importantly, my gold chasers. This is your number one gold coach, Coach Jones in the building, still taking it one goal at a time with the Impel Project. And welcome to Gold Chasers Radio, as far as the number one podcast with all the tools you need to help you get towards that new goal and dream. And today we are on Gold Talks. We are on Gold Talks where we are highlighting the gold chasers who are going out there and getting towards their dream. These are the people who are taking those risks, who want something better for their lives and their community and their family. And when you're on the grind early on, uh, there's not much recognition. It's not a lot of people cheering you on. It's not a lot of people holding you accountable. And it takes strong people to go after the the one thing that they want in the whole wide world that they always wanted. It, it takes courage. It takes learning. It, it takes somewhat of uh, resilience. To, to get to that new goal and dream. And today on Gold Talks, I have someone very, very special to me. Very, very special guest. Now, you know, usually I say we have a special guest, but this guest has a, a special place in my heart. Uh, this person I met over two years ago I, I met over two years ago, and she has changed my life forever. Uh, just talking to her, I, I feel smarter. I talk to her every day, sometimes two, three times a day. Uh, this person has taught me a lot about grace, which is our topic today. She taught me a lot about business. Uh, she just taught me a lot about being a, a better person. And she talked. Uh, she talked to me a, a lot about the state of Mississippi, where she is from, and she is very proud of that. And this person, she's an author. Uh, she's a media strategist. She's uh, an advocate for mental health. Uh, she has a, a lot of titles. Like she does a, a lot. Um, She's learning every day, and this person uh, is my baby, my boo, Jasmine Phillips. What's up, babe? Hey, babe. Oh, I'm, I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great intro. Was it? Did that I... was absolutely. I was not. I wasn't expecting that. That, that was great. That was great. I'm, I'm honored to be your baby. Oh, yeah. It's an honor to be yours as well. <laughs> oh, baby. You know I love it. All right. Okay. I ain't going to get, get too much. All right. 
be professionals here, okay? Yes, sir. All right, all right. So uh, enough with the the intro. So we we gonna kind of kind of get into it. So this is a question I, I ask people in my workshops. Uh, I asked Ricky on uh, the last Gold Talks. I've uh, asked it on social media a couple times. But Jazz, what? Let me show it here. What advice would you give someone going into twenty twenty three? Every year, a lot of us try to come up with one word that we're going to like zero in on and focus on, right? I think last year my word was intentional, um, being intentional in everything that I do. Um, this year, um, my, um, my, an abundance mindset is my advice to everyone. How can we tap into that? How can we channel that? What are some things that we can do to actually get our minds to understand that we can do all things that we ever dream, think, or imagine. So that'll be my advice for 2023, for us to elevate our mindsets. Think about abundance, whatever you think you need, times 10, right? Whatever you want, times 10. Um, you deserve that. We all deserve to go after our heart's desires, and I believe that we can all do that point. Yes, yes. Ooh, abundance, abundance thinking. I, I love it. I love it because that's that's something you need when you are going after a, a strong goal that you 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 feel proud about. Um, I think a lot of times we get stuck in thinking of the things that we don't have, uh, especially in the world that we in today. We all uh, we're always seeing a lot of negative things, and and it's it's. It takes practice, I would say, as far as uh, that abundance thinking. I would I would think so. Uh, there's, there's nothing that happens overnight, especially if you have a bad habit of just thinking of the worst and uh, the worst possibilities or being in a, a poor mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. That was good. That All was right. Good. Early. You said what? We're preaching early. Oh, yeah. It's early in the interview. Yes. That's what Gold Toss is about. That's right. So my next question is the people who don't know you, because I know you. <laughs> How would you describe Jasmine Phillips? How would you describe Jasmine Phillips? Jasmine Phillips is a country girl who loves being outdoors, who loves her family, who loves her friends, who loves to help people, serve people. Um, I like to think that I'm pretty nice. I like to consider myself as a nice person. Um, I have a big heart. Um, I just want to see people win, especially my community. Um, my family, my friends, you, right? 
um, those you're connected to, like that, that's honestly what I'm all about. So I think that's a great short way to describe who I am. I, um, I'm all about my folks, my people, whatever I can do to pour in and, and make sure people are able to go be up above and beyond what they ever thought of. Like that's, that's me. Nice, nice. Oh, that's definitely a great description. Definitely served you well. I believe just the first time we met, I got all of that in one setting. I, I felt all of that in, in one setting. Um, but that that was a, a great description, babe. Thank you, babe. Thank you. And yes, she is a country girl at heart. She does love the outdoors. I believe the first couple of dates we had were outdoor dates. <laughs> She's the only person who got me to, what do we call it? Canoeing or kayaking? We went kayaking. Kayaking, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're the only person that ever, 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 ever got me to kayak or just be in water like that. But that's what I love about you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. And also, what I love about you is um, you come from humble beginnings. And this next Question. Tell us about being born in Chicago and, and raised in Water Valley, Mississippi. Um, I know a lot of people in the South, they kind of have that Chicago and South connection. And um, it looks like you, you are a part of that as well. So tell me about, because you were born in Chicago and then you basically moved to Water Valley where you were raised and and um, where you grew up pretty much. So tell us about that experience and what that was about. Yeah, so um, both sides of my family, uh, mom and dad side, have roots in Mississippi. And both sides of my family, a lot of them migrated to Chicago. Um, of course, we know the stories of why a lot of our people migrated up north for better opportunities to escape the strong Jim Crow laws that were happening across the South at that time um, for their safety, right? Um, so my mom was born and raised in Chicago. She's a South Side suburban girl. My dad was born and raised in Water Valley, Mississippi. So he was a big, loud country boy um, who spent a lot of time in Chicago with his uncles and his first cousins and stuff like that. Um, it's a small world, right? Because even now at my big age, I've realized that my mom's side and my dad's side actually grew up a couple of blocks away from each other, right? So it was some, it's some instances where my mom's brothers and sisters and cousins went to school with my dad's cousins. And so that's how they actually met. A cousin introduced my mom to my dad and the rest is history. It's like everybody just kind of grew up together except for my dad, right? So he was able to speak to my mama and to move to Mississippi. Um, 
And that was perhaps one of the greatest things I could have asked for. I don't know what my life would have been like had I been a city girl, not that type of city girl, but a city girl, right? Um, so growing up in Mississippi, grew up in a small town called Water Valley. I think right now it's about 2,300 folks that live in Water Valley. But to put it in like clearer terms, I graduated with about 62 folks. And I knew all 62 people's first, last name, probably half of where they stayed. I knew their parents, they knew my parents, things like that, right? Um, and so growing up in Mississippi was an adventure. Um, you know, you hear stories about people who talk down Mississippi, like, oh, it's just dirty, country, it's boring. But that was not my childhood. Um, we made our own fun. We made our own fun. And I am glad to come from families who love to travel. Um, we weren't afraid to go to Jackson, to Memphis, of course, Chicago. I spent every summer in Chicago of my childhood that I can remember up until I was probably in the 10th or 11th grade. So although I moved from Chicago, I still have strong roots in Chicago. I know how to get to my favorite spots. I know how to get to certain places in downtown. Um, I don't consider myself a native, but I'm also all about Chicago advancing and improving well, but Mississippi is where my heart is. Um, my dad passed when I was about seven. I'm in a car accident in Mississippi, and that could have been an opportunity for my, for my mom to just go back to Chicago with all three of us. Um, but it was the village in Water Valley who really like surrounded her and was like, if you want to stay, we got you. Um, and so that's how my upbringing in Chicago sorry, in Water Valley, really transformed my life because I got to see what family was all about. And even those summers in Chicago, like my mom's side, they took us in, they supported us in our sports adventures. I was in going to prom, I was on homecoming court, I was taking modeling classes. Mom's uncle always made sure that we were straight every birthday, every Christmas, right? Um, so I've really got a, a great understanding of what family was about and how how important family was. Um, I mean, growing up as a country girl, you know, I never really hunted like that. I was the one cousin that was afraid to shoot a gun, and I still am afraid to shoot a gun. But I'm gonna take lessons. We don't get better at that. Um, but I love fishing. You're, you're gonna make sure I get better. Um, but I love fishing. I love four wheeler driving. I love going kites. I love walking, I love all of that. And you know, like, I'll pull over in a minute, I'm like, oh my God, I take a picture of this tree. That's just the type of person that I am. So yeah, that's um, my story about being born in Chicago, but really being a Mississippi girl, a proud Mississippi girl. Um, and I'll say that until the very <laughs> Nice, nice, yes. Very proud. Uh, you you check me a lot on uh, Mississippi. If I'm politically uh, incorrect, definitely, <laughs> and I appreciate it though. I do appreciate it though, um, because you should be. You know, you should take pride in where you're from, and because I definitely take pride in in Memphis and just my heritage here uh, for sure. And uh, like you said, uh, 
my family, you know, my family's here and you you mentioned your your family in uh, Mississippi has uh, very strong and and things like that. Uh I'm just trying to get my words together. Sorry about that. But uh but yeah, I'm I'm definitely that was uh, definitely a great story here hearing about Water Valley. Uh tell so tell the people where is Water Valley, by the way. So Water Valley is about an hour and a half south from Memphis. Um, if you're familiar with Oxford or Ole Miss, or we really like to just say the University of Mississippi, because you know our nickname may cause some 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 things to be said. Um, <laughs> We're about 15 minutes south of Oxford. So in between Oxford and Grenada, Mississippi, there's several ways to get to Water Valley. You probably won't even know you're in Water Valley because you're just going to drive right through it from a major interstate like I-55 or um, a highway like Highway 7 that runs basically through Holly Springs all the way down to like South Jackson, right? Um, we're a proud town. It's, it's progressing. It has life. Um, we are a town who really looks out for one another. Um, I would say it's probably 60% white, maybe 40% black. That, those numbers may have changed since I left. Um, but honestly, we're a, a one really happy community. Um, when one hurts, we all hurt, right? Um, so I'm, I'm really proud to come from a small town and be a small town hero for sure. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you, you taking me there a number of times. It's, it's definitely a beautiful, beautiful town. Uh, just all the nature and just everyone's so friendly, uh, just from the stores we go in into to your, your family and your neighbors and. It's uh, it's definitely not what I expected uh, at first when you know when you told me about it, but it definitely grew on me for sure. Like as soon as I I touched down, everybody was so nice and welcoming, and it felt like home. It, it felt like home, and I think that's that's what it should be. I'm glad you had a good time. I did. I did. So. You mentioned uh, Ole Miss. You mentioned Ole Miss, and you are uh, a proud graduate of Ole Miss. Uh, you support them any way you can, and also um, I know a lot of people in your family. They didn't want you to go to Ole Miss. Uh, <laughs> they, they're pretty HBCU bound, and so tell me about you know that process. You know, choosing Ole Miss and going against the family, like. <laughs> you say you're family oriented, but you went against the fam with this. I, I think I went against not just family, but just like um, maybe the black community as a whole in my town. Because um, as I got older, I did see that a lot of our elders went to HBCUs, right? They are the Alcorn alums, the Jackson State alums. Um, a bulk of my family went to Mississippi Valley State, um, proud Valley State alums. And I have family who were very well known in the Valley State streets. Um, 
and definitely were trying to get me in there. Um, full ride, all of that, right? Um, Ole Miss was never my top choice to go um, get my education at, to feather my education at. Um, I actually had um, Jackson State on my list. I had the University of Memphis on my list. At the University of Illinois at Champaign on my list because that was about a two-hour drive from Chicago, and I was like, okay. And I've been—I went to their campus. I've like traveled through Champaign a lot, and so I actually kind of like that city a lot. Um, I had Mississippi State on my list because there was one point in my life where I wanted to be a veterinarian, and that quickly changed when I realized that I had to like play with snakes, and I didn't want to do that. Um, <laughs> So Ole Miss, um, you know, Ole Miss being so close to Water Valley, we were always on campus. It really didn't feel like I was like going anywhere that was like fun with all the bells and whistles because they're like right up the street. But um, I ended up getting a full ride um, mm -hmm. to Ole Miss um, all four of my years of college to be exact. And um, you know, when it came down to it, they were the ones who were the most flexible. They answered all of my questions. They answered all of my mom's questions. I had some amazing admission specialists to help me on my journey. I had some amazing mentors and high school teachers who were also kind of Ole Miss grads as well. Um, who knew people in different departments, um, such as the Media Center. I was the yearbook editor for my high school. I ended up getting a job at the Ole Miss yearbook my freshman year and kind of advanced all the way to become a managing editor by the time I was a sophomore in my junior year. Um, so that's how I got to Ole Miss. Uh, you know, my uncle, my uncle Tommy, he's probably watched this. He's like the president of the Valley State Memphis alumni chapter. And so we had conversations and we still joke around here and there, but um, I, I think I made the best decision that was for me. I know the history of the University of Mississippi is not the most positive. I know that every other time, every other moment, we always in the news for something that's negative. But I would tell everyone this, my experience on that campus was life changing. Um, that's where I kind of really got my advocacy muscle, right? Being able to speak up on things that didn't feel right, that wasn't right. Um, getting involved in organizations that was walking the walk and talking the talk at the same time. Um, Ole Miss was that place where I understand the value of community. Um, we really looked out for each other on that campus, and I am still very close friends with a lot of the people that I met at Ole Miss, white and black, to be honest with you. Um, we, we may have different views and opinions of things, but one thing that that campus taught us was how to rally for one another when it came down to it, right? So yeah, I'm a big rebel girl. Um, I love, you know, all rebel sports except for football. This last season took me through there. I'm not watching another Ole Miss football game again. I'm lying, mm -hmm. I probably will, but um, you know, it's basketball season, it's gonna be softball, baseball season. You remember last summer, it was a roller coaster watching the Ole Miss guys win that national championship and the pride that I felt. I was like, yes, we're, we're having some positivity happening. 
for our school and not know like BS and drama and stuff like that. Stuff. So, yeah, that's my oldest experience. Nice, nice, yes, and um, and I want to commend you on that for sure. Because a lot of times when we when we are making decisions for ourselves uh, to better ourselves and kind of figure out what we want. Um, sometimes we may go against uh, family as far as what they want for you. And, uh, you know, I know at the end, they still want you to be the best person you want to be, despite what school, even if you went to school, whatever. But, um, but I do commend you on that as far as uh, doing what you wanted to do and definitely although it it doesn't have a well Ole Miss didn't have the best reputation um, when it came to kind of social issues sometimes but you know you you was there like you said you you kind of found out like what you stood on and and faced it head on too like you know in a in a place like Oxford so I, I definitely commend you on that babe Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, um, you know, and I think I've done a good job because I have friends who have little brothers and sisters and I have little cousins who are at Ole Miss and enjoying their experience and being able to like put their own stamp on their college experience and stand up for what they believe in too. Um, it's been a joy, right? I don't want people to be afraid of trying something different. And if it doesn't work out for you, there are other amazing institutions out there that you can definitely continue your education at. Um, but I get asked a lot, do I regret attending Ole Miss? And my answer is no, I have no regrets. If I had to choose it all over again, I would definitely choose um, the University of Mississippi. I think I would do some things a little differently. I don't think I would be so involved on campus. I think I was in like eight different organizations and that is probably why I burnt out by the time I was a senior. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't regret my decision. I got you. Okay, okay. So, speaking of, of being a senior at Ole Miss, um, so what did you learn about yourself after graduating from from Ole Miss, you know, going through that experience, uh, being in those clubs, meeting new friends, and uh, just some obstacles and challenges, what what are, what did you learn about yourself after graduating from Ole Miss? That relationships were everything. Um, that whole saying of it's not what you know, it's who you know. That played a huge role in my postgraduate experience, right? Um, I think if it wasn't for the relationships that I fostered on that campus, I don't, I think my career would have been a little differently. Uh, I would have gone about things a little, it would have unfolded differently, but I don't regret how my postgraduate journey started, right? Um, I think learning how to work with other people really get, like was a game changer in my career. Um, I majored in business um, at, at Ole Miss. I actually got a degree in managerial finance. 
Um, although I worked in the media center, I thought about getting like journalism, communications, but you know, my family was very standard. They're like, can you make money in that? And I was like, mm, probably not, not right now. So I went ahead and majored in finance and then got a job at a, at a company right out of, right out of um, college, which was cool for like the first year. I was a manager trainee. Um, and then when I got promoted as a manager and got the opportunity to relocate to um, a town in Missouri, I realized quickly, like, this isn't what I want, right? Um, I'm a numbers girl, but not a numbers girl every day from the sun up to sundown. Um, and then the type of work that we were doing, it could get very draining, right? So I, I had to make a decision while living in Missouri, like, okay, am I just going to keep doing what I need to do just to make sure I pay my bills? Or am I going to take this opportunity to really go after what I think I want to do? Mm. All right. So Jess, Mississippi girl. Now we, we heard your, your story of uh, Water Valley, Mississippi, uh, what you learned from Ole Miss, going to Ole Miss, and just being with you and talking with you, I learned so much about Mississippi and just the people from it. So I want to take a take a break here and just play a game. Let's let's play a game. Oh, look like we lost the chairs. That is not the game, actually. But we're going to wait till she get back online. And let's just wait. But yeah, Gold Chasers, while uh, Jazz is getting back on the line, uh, I got my Gold Chaser crew next. We are still pre-ordering to the end of January. The end of January, you can get your pre-ordered crew necks. We got the Gold Chaser one. We have the Speak What You Seek Until You Seek What You Said. Uh, Gold Chaser crew neck. That's uh, our, and both of these are unisex, so men and women can can wear both. So it's it's definitely not a problem. But yeah, we we doing it big. We doing it big. Uh, with the Gold Chaser Cruise and get yours on the impelproject.com slash shop. I'm going to my Instagram, go to my Facebook and go to my link, link tree link and it'll get you right there. You can get your pre-order and it comes with free shipping and also one month of free gold coaching. So one month of free gold coaching consists of four sessions once a week, 30 minutes. And what we do is just uh, talk about that goal you want to step into, that value you want to create. So uh, we, we talk about that when you do pre-order your Gold Chaser Cruise. And look, we got Jazz back online. Hey, Jazz. I'm sorry. I don't, the lights were flickering. I don't know what happened. So I'm back though. I'm back. I'm sorry. 
No, you you good, you good. See, gold chasers are solution oriented. So we knew you was gonna get right on it. You wasn't gonna quit. You was gonna come back. See, gold chasers, this is what it's all about. This is what we're telling you. Like obstacles, we get through them. That's gold right. chasers are persistent. Like we That's don't give right. up. You know, I did. I just did my commercial with my crewmates. You know, we creative, so we on the fly. Like I just did a commercial while he was gone. So, yeah. I love. I love. I love. <laughs> Let's do it. But, Let's do it. Um, but before you, you dipped. We were talking about the great Mississippi and how I learned so much, and that it's so many people who came out of the state of Mississippi. So I want to know. Who's on your Mount Rushmore of Mississippians? And we know Mount Rushmore consisted of four presidents, I believe uh, Washington, Jefferson, uh, Roosevelt, and Lincoln, I want to say. I think that's right. Yeah, okay, we're going to say that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're going to, even if it's not right, so. But uh, right. <laughs> but who's on your Mount Rushmore? I want to know who's on your Mount Rushmore and why. First of all, because you notice, and a lot of people don't notice about her, but Britney Spears is a Mississippi native. Mm, I knew she was. Born, <laughs> yeah, she has Mississippi roots, and I am a huge Britney Spears fan. She's on my Mount Rushmore. Um, Oprah Winfrey, another Mississippi native. Um, just seeing her rise in the media landscape. Um, not saying I want to be the next Oprah, but I want to be able to run corporations and organizations and the way and the grace that Oprah has over the last decade or so. Um, so I got Oprah. I have B.B. King. Um, my Mount Rushmore because I grew up listening to blues mm. real heavy, real bad. I probably know, which we, we have our, you know, our competitions about who knows the more, most blues songs. You know, you're from Memphis, I'm from Mississippi. Technically, Mississippi is the home of the blues. But people be like, Memphis is the home of the blues. But we'll, we'll let it, you know, let bygones mm. be bygones. Um, for right now, we'll, we'll let it um, but there is a BB King restaurant in Memphis, so he's on my mm. mind right now. Um, and then the last person would be Megger Evers. Megger Evers is a was a social um, justice, civil rights advocate uh, for Mississippi. Um, think of him as the MLK of um, of Georgia. Um, the Fred Shuttlesworth of Alabama, there was Megger Evers. Um, Megger Evers uh, worked with the NAACP. He was very instrumental in James Meredith integrating into the University of Mississippi. Um, James Meredith was the first black person admitted into the institution, but Megger Evers also applied to attend the University of Mississippi and did not gain access. Um, he was shot down in his driveway while his wife and children were home. Um, and the work that he did to um, 
put Mississippi on a map when it comes to our to our civil rights and make sure that black and brown people in that state had equal rights and treatment, whether it's from healthcare, education, you name it. Um, he's on my Mount Rushmore because I don't think Mississippi would have advanced as much as it has, although it hasn't. It that'll hit you later. Um, but no, we, I, I would be remiss not to have um, that man on my Mount Rushmore. I would be remiss if I didn't have that. Mm, okay. Wow, that's a powerful Mount Rushmore. Any honorable mentions you want to add on that? Jerry Rice is a Mississippian. Um, okay. He is a big time Mississippi Valley State um, alum. He was one of the mm. I'm one of the first, but of course, a lot of people know a lot of HBCU athletes don't get drafted in the NFL. Um, he still has records that have not been broken. Um, so I would put him honorable mention. If we don't have some range, we got entertainment, we got social advocacy, we got sports, um, we got media. There's one more person. I'll, I'll say somebody um, current. Her name is Angie Thomas, I believe. She's an author. She's the one that created, that wrote the book. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Angie Thomas. Angie Thomas. Um, it's not familiar. Her, they made it into a, a movie. Um, and that movie was very triggering. Uh, the Hate You Give. Mm, I hate you give. Okay, I heard of that. Yeah, she wrote the book. They made it into a movie. Um, yeah, look, look into her. You might, you, I think you'll like her. Okay. Yeah, so that that's my Mount Rushmore. Hey, okay, okay. You know, we gonna, um, I, I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Some great people out of Mississippi. I didn't know Oprah was from Mississippi, you know. We kind of took her when she came to um, Nashville. We kind of said, no, nah, you from Tennessee now. Like, Y'all did. We kind of we did. Y'all did. That's okay. Mm -hmm. but no, she, yeah. He's a copy-ass yeah. Mississippian. <laughs> That's all good. So uh, Mississippi, uh, like I said, for the most of your part, Part of your life was your home. It, it was what you was comfortable with. It's where your friends were, your family were, family was. But uh, after you graduated, you you move you moved away. You you got out of your comfort zone. You got out of your state, uh, and you went to go pursue your career in Missouri, right? And uh, with that. You, you learned a lot, uh, definitely went through some trials and tribulations in there, which led you uh, your your next move, you know. I just want to know a, a little bit about that and how, as far as uh, what you learned about yourself at Ole Miss in Mississippi, what you learned about yourself, how did it help you on your move uh, to Missouri and uh, Birmingham. Um, how did that help me? 
Um, it helped me because I knew I had support. Um, whether I moved to Missouri, Birmingham, whether I would have decided to go to New York City or Alaska, um, I had a village that was right behind me every step of the way. Um, and knowing that I can experience and try different things and I still have the support of my family um, meant everything to me. Um, of course, they didn't like it when I moved to Missouri. Um, my big mama, rest of her soul, she was completely against it. Like, no, that's too far. You don't know nobody there. What if it's like racist? And I'm like, but Mississippi is racist too, big mama. But say that because of the stories I I learned about growing up, um, living as a black woman in Mississippi. When I got to Missouri, it was a totally different game. Like the racism I experienced in the state of Miss of Missouri was like times twenty of that that mm. I've witnessed or endured in Mississippi and even while attending the University of Mississippi. Um, mm. That was one of the key reasons why I knew it was time for me to go. Um, mm. I learned to do what was best for me, right? Um, and I had my family to thank for that. But that's how like Missouri didn't last long. I, I think I was there for maybe seven months and I was like mm. yeah this time to go I know I can go back home I literally packed up my duplex in four days I sold everything I put in I didn't I don't think I put in a two weeks notice I think I just called and was like yeah I'm done here are my keys I knew it was time to go because even the work that I was doing I wasn't even good at it anymore like I wasn't mm. the goals or the benchmarks that they have for me. And I was like, they're going to fire me anyway because I'm not producing results right now. And the whole feeling of being a failure kind of came into play, but I just, it wasn't for me. Um, and I still know people who work for the company who are who got promoted and advanced and are doing amazing things in the company, but that just was not for me. And I realized that early on, thank God. Um, so I moved back to Mississippi. I moved back there with my big mama. Um, and, you know, she was like, I told you so. And I was like, okay, big mama, okay. So um, luckily I was applying for jobs still in the finance industry, but I signed a clause. I couldn't work for a finance industry near any of the places that I worked with before. So that included Missouri in the state of Mississippi. Um, so eventually I got an opportunity to work for a banking institution in Birmingham at one of the call centers. I knew one person in Birmingham, I had a cousin there. She was like, you can stay with me until you get on your feet. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, and that's how I got to Birmingham. Oh, wow, yeah. And uh, and I've used that too, to where, you know, just taking that risk and moving to another state, another city, it didn't work out, but, you know, at the end, you do learn something, you learn something new about yourself that you know about, yeah. and like you said, you still know people, 
in those places that are are doing good, doing well. But it, you know, it wasn't for you at the time. It wasn't your season to be there. Which is is definitely great that you recognize that. And um, we got we got about uh, less than eight minutes in the in the interview, but but with that. Um, because like your story is, uh, it, it made you into the the person you are today, and it led you to uh, being the entrepreneur that you are with uh, Phillips Media Agency, uh, doing things that you love. And um, one thing I want to talk about as well is uh, our topic today, grace. And uh, what, how would you define grace? Grace to me is the ability to always be gentle with yourself. Um, grace is how you treat yourself, how you talk to yourself, how you look at yourself, right? Um, grace is all about how you as a person identify, right? Um, I think it's very important for people to understand what their 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 kinks are. Like, what is it about you that you like that you don't like? What can be fixed? What can be improved? What you need to pull back from? What you need to pour more into? Right. But while you're going through that process, I think it's always important to intuit yourself and don't be beating yourself up so much. Right. Um, life has taught me that life will life. Right, there will be good days, bad days, there will be absolutely terrible days. Um, but through it all, how you respond to yourself, um, I think makes a difference. Um, and the way you respond by showing yourself grace, you build yourself up in the process, so your confidence goes up. Um, how you speak about yourself is a lot lighter, so you're able to move. And, and really pursue your goals and those dreams and whatever else that, that you have on your heart to do. It, when you're gentle with yourself, you will find that you get to those places a lot better and with ease than you were if you were just like pounding yourself out throughout the mm, And And just to be honest, you was the first person to kind of explain that to me and for me to practice that and you practice it too you're like babe give yourself grace i'm like no i gotta be hard on myself like i'm an idiot i'm not disciplined hey you supposed to be telling me this tell me about myself <laughs> like that's that's how i was before but now i do give myself that grace uh just considering you know i have a different journey than others and we do All right, so Jazz, um, you were one of the, the first people to teach me about grace and how it was important just because I used to beat myself up all the time and you would tell me just, you know, it's okay, just give yourself a little grace. And that was kind of the first time I really heard that just because all my life, I just put other people's standards on myself to where 
oh, if I don't get this done, I'm a failure and always trying to be the best at what I do as far as when it came to sports or when it came to school or just anything. And um, I never gave myself grace before. Like I, I never gave myself grace before I was either just dumb or a failure or or anything like that. But you taught me about giving yourself grace. So how would you define grace? To me, grace is the ability to be gentle with yourself at all costs. Um, how you see yourself, how you talk to yourself, how you feel about yourself, how you um, pour in into yourself as well. Um, I think grace is tied to all of that. Um, I am a believer of that if you feel good about yourself, you're going to do good. Um, the work that you produce, um, no matter what your goals may be, if you feel 100% confident and good about yourself, you're going to do fine. Um, I think grace is that cushion to when things may not go out at, when things may not plan out how you may have anticipated, right? We got good days, we got bad days, we got terrible days, we got days we don't want to wake up in the morning, right? But learning how not to beat yourself up when you feel defeated, when you feel sluggish, when you feel like you're not where you're supposed to be compared to other people, right? Um, I think grace is a life-saving action that a lot of us Every, you know, everyday people should, but if you're into entrepreneurship, if you're really like creating your own blueprint that has never been done before, I think it's very important that grace is in your routine. Um, how do you talk to yourself when you wake up in the morning? Um, if the project didn't go well, how are you like, not just holding yourself accountable for some mistakes that you may make, but even when you do make mistakes, not like pounding yourself about it, right? Because mistakes will happen. I think how you respond and react to situations is another way how you can build that grace muscle as well. Um, I've learned through therapy, um, grace is like one of the one of the easiest things, one of the hardest things that we can do, um, extending grace to ourselves. And it's not just you just wake up and you just get it. Like, no, it's a intentional everyday affirming yourself, um, loving on yourself, seeing yourself as somebody who deserves to be in these rooms, right? Um, that's how I would describe grace. Mm. I like that. I like that. Um... And you, you mentioned something, and I, I got a quote uh, I, I use all the time. What's easy to do is also easy not to do. And that is what I was working on when we, we kind of first met as far as giving myself grace, just, you know, transitioning from Nashville to Memphis and just wanting to move to the next level of my career. Like I, I had to give myself that, that grace. And, and if, 
you know, if I didn't, I felt I'll be angry a lot. I feel like I'll be less productive, less creative, just because I got this this stigma attached to me. Um, just that I'm a failure. I'm I'm not worthy of that goal. But goal chases you when you're going after your goal and dream. You definitely have to give yourself that that, that grace, especially when going after something new, something you've never done before. Uh, you can't beat yourself up on it. You're not perfect. No one is. And when starting out, no one is is perfect when trying to accomplish a, a big goal, a dream. And what I've learned is grace is is definitely a, a tool that you need. You know, it's it's easy to do, but it's easy not to do as well, just because, you know, we we're surrounded by a negative world by negative people, uh, negative ideas, things that that want you to stay in one place and not be successful. So it, it is hard, but you got to practice every day, every day to say you are worthy of that goal. This is just a bump in the road. Um, you, you're going to learn from whatever obstacle or issue that you're going through. And, you know, you're going to be successful just like Jasmine here. Just like Jasmine, how she had grace with with her career, and so for for other people there out there, Jazz, how how do you think people can add more grace in their life right now? So, say for example, that one gold chaser out there who is um, who may have hit a wall you know, and who was out there beating herself up just because they made a, a mistake when going after something new. How do you think they can add more grace into their life? I believe that there's always a positive way to looking at something that may be negative, right? Um, a mistake I made once was... Um, Um, not following up with a client and the client ended up not wanting to work with me anymore towards the end of the contract, right? Um, the easiest thing I could have done was just beat myself up about that one mistake, right? Like, man, this not only just a mistake, it's a costly mistake too. So now how am I going to like find and go for another client, right? To fill in that gap, right? Um, one of the things I did to overcome that was, okay, what are, what's the lesson out of this, right? So now I make it my mission to try to respond back to everybody within 24 hours, right? Even if that might be on a weekend, because to the client or whoever I'm working with, no communication at all after a certain time period is a red flag, right? It may show that you're not professional. You don't take the work seriously. Um, do I trust you with my work? You know, so being able to find a positive out of that. And and now I, 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 I got to do better at this because, you know, I shouldn't be sending emails at 10 o'clock at night to people. 
but um that's finding the good in it like there's a lesson in it all and i think if you're able to take those lessons and truly apply it to how you move forward i think you become better at it i mean think of all the top ceos or authors or creatives you may know entrepreneurs you may know if somebody comes to you and say they've never made a mistake they are lying and you should not be taking advice from them <laughs> The questions you should be asking, right. right? The questions that you should be asking those types of people when you meet them is, okay, tell me one mistake you made and how did you overcome it? What was the lesson that you learned from it, right? Get like these people out there should be real with one another about this journey, um, because you see the glitz and glam on social. You see everyone going to these big conferences and they're speaking on these big stages and they're getting these huge clients and contracts, but nobody's telling you about the mistakes that were made on the way to the top. And I guarantee you, if you ask a lot of those people, what is one thing that they've learned to do better when it comes to themselves is them extending grace to themselves along their, along their journey. Oh well, yeah, that's that's powerful stuff. Definitely, um, I, I have read a lot about a lot of celebrities, and they always mention grace. They always mention not beating themselves up, and and just like you said, looking for the good in any situation, like looking for the the good, um, looking for the the roses amongst the vines, as you would say. So that, as far as gold chasers, keep the grace with you, keep it next to you. Uh, it's, it's definitely important in, in your journey for sure. And uh, just switching gears here, Jazz, uh, now we, we talked about growing up Chicago, Mississippi. Uh, we talked about Missouri. But it's it's one place that I feel you found your step. You know, you kind of found your your step. You kind of found your tribe, uh, and you were really gold chasing in in Birmingham. You went for one thing and came out a totally different person in in Birmingham, Alabama. So uh, let's tell me about. First, because uh, I, I think we haven't done this, tell tell me about, no, 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 this is what we'll do. Tell me about your journey in Birmingham um, and then kind of tell me about who you are as far as what do you do now? Like, what do you do uh, as of right now? Okay, I can do that. Um... I came to Birmingham as a customer service representative for a bank, um, working at a call center. Um, but I also had in the back of my mind when I moved to Birmingham, that was probably going to be that time where I start thinking about going back to school to get another degree or get a master's in something, right? Um, however, while I was working at the call center, I just felt this like nudge to just check out 
like how to get back involved in the media landscape, how to get back into my writing bag, because I did enjoy writing um, for a time period, how I was able to help people share their voices and tell great stories. Um, so I started looking into programs at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Um, they call it UAB. Um, they had a lot of great um, postgraduate programs where I would be able to transfer a lot of my credits from Ole Miss um, to, where, to where I didn't have to start all the way over. Um, I applied to be in an MBA program to study marketing, but after two unsuccessful attempts at the GMAT, I was not able to gain entry. But they were able to work something out to where I was able to take graduate level courses in marketing and social media um, and still come out with a degree, which was a bachelor's um, postgraduate degree in social media marketing. With that, I was able, while attending classes, I was able to get an internship at our heart media radio station and was basically the social media intern. So I was going on the web, finding some positive stories that the broadcasters can talk about. I was using this weird, funky software program they had back then. I can't think of the name of it, but you were able to post automatically to Facebook and Twitter. Instagram was still an upcoming app at that time. So a lot of those software programs didn't have Instagram connected to it like that. Um, so I had that internship. I actually stopped working at the bank when I got that internship because it was getting harder to manage both. Um, and honestly, I hated working at the at that bank. I hated it. Um, customer service was something I just was getting really tired of working in because you never know what's going to be on the other side of that phone when people do ring the bank as well. Yeah. Um, so I saved a little money. I didn't save a whole lot. That was one mistake that I made early on where it's like, okay, I'm never going to put a job again unless I got this much in the bank that I can live off of, right? Because mm -hmm. it was tough. You know, having to like basically voluntarily give my car up, right? Um, not sure how to pay for rent sometimes, right? All because I was on this mission to get back into the industry that I really did enjoy being in, right? Um, family didn't quite get it. You know, friends were like, are you sure about this? You know, and this was also, Birmingham was that place where my mental health became a huge thing uh, for me because you're going through so many transitions and there was times where I confused and felt like I was failing, I wasn't advancing, I was behind, broke. I'm not eating, my hair falling out, right? So um, I was able to leave that internship and I met a wonderful human being by the name of Deanna Reed. I'm in Atlanta of all places and she was the marketing promotion director for 95.7 Jams, which was a hip hop radio station in Birmingham. I started interning there, fell in love with the station, people who worked there. Um, there were so many greats there, like um, Miss Cat, may she rest in peace, was an amazing disc jockey there. Um, Jermaine, funny man, who they call, became one of my big brothers and mentors in the game, who really showed me how to work the boards and how the mic should sound and how the video should be clear, and then just making sure the website looked good. Like he was that person that really 
helped me with that part. And then Dee Reed was the person who introduced me to how to write a press release, a media alert. We talked about this the other day, right? It was these great black people who like circled around me. It was like, you can have a career in this, like, in this industry. So fast forward, um, I started working at Publix as a cashier after telling myself that I would never work in customer service again. But Publix was actually one of the best jobs I've ever had in my life. I would tell everybody that I love Publix. I love the culture of Publix. It's customer service, but I also think I became a better, efficient um, leader um, while working at Publix. I learned to create empathy while working at Publix, how to interact with people face-to-face working there, um, how to work with a team, right, that you actually like, right? Um, and then the food was just good, like the deli, public cakes, like, oh my God, love them. Um, but to fast forward, I um, was working part-time at Publix while doing like this internship at Jams um, on the side, which was a pay, right? So mm-hmm. being able to be on the table, things like that was, I was hustling, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was hustling my entire time in Birmingham with no car um, during that time period. So I learned how to take city bus um, from class to public to the house. Um, was involved in my church, the Rock City Church, uh, was working with the youth there. So was able to still find time to give back on Sundays, right? Because I, I love, that's what I love doing. Um, that was really a grinding season for me. So in 2017, I finished at UAB. I walked the stage actually at the end of 2016. Um, so finished at UAB early 2017, still working at Publix. Then I started getting clients who were just like, hey, can you just manage my social media for me? And I was like, yeah, okay. Like people are paying me like $100 a month just to manage their social media, which looking back on it now is robbery. <laughs> but um, I'm thankful for robbery. Um, but now I'm looking back, I'm grateful for it. I ended up being able to become the social media manager for the Reese Smiley Foundation. Um, I think that's where I really got, was able to really grow. Um, being able to, at that time, we didn't call it create content. We just was like, all right, we need to post something, right? To make these pages grow. So being part of a team that was able to take that foundation page from zero to almost 10,000, like was mind blowing. And the work that we were doing and the lives that that foundation was changing that I saw up close and personal, I was like, yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, so around mid 2017, my mental health was never the greatest, honestly, while I was in Birmingham, um, depression was real, suicidal thoughts were real, sleeping all day, not eating, being in a dark room, just getting by to getting by. Birmingham was that city that, um, I had to face a monster that I had been putting off to the side for a long time. Um, Birmingham was the city where I was hospitalized for the first time because of my mental health. 
Um, Birmingham was the first time I experienced um, hurt from people who I thought loved me and, and cared about me. Um, Birmingham was that city that also birthed something in me that I didn't think was possible, which was my purpose, right? Um, I left Birmingham mid-2017 due to my mental health. Um, I tell people, like, yeah, I had health problems. I need to move back home to Water Valley, which is what I did. My health problems that my mental health had taken the time for the worse. Um, and it became important for me to go back home because I was forced to go back home because I need to be with my folks. I needed to be around my family. I had this family trip and I had my family look at me as like, you're not well. You're not well. You should just move back home when your lease is up this summer. And I'm like, no, Birmingham, it worked for me, yada, yada, yada. Um, but no, I, I packed up everything. And I just remember showing up to Water Valley with a car full of stuff and just breaking down in my arm, like feeling like a failure yet again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was tough. I got hospitalized again, maybe a week or two after I got to Water Valley. Um, that whole week in that, institute, in that rehabilitation center was unique. Um, scary, but I think I'm thankful that I went because I don't know what life would be like had I not been forced to go. Um, coming out was when I was like, I had to build myself back up. Mm-hmm. Like, that was when I like unrecognizable, bottom of the barrel, don't know what, don't know who Jasmine is. I, I never got a sense of who I was honestly. So fast forward, I ended up um, still being in, in Mississippi. Josh? Yeah, you froze up a bit. Josh. Yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello. 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 Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. All right. Good, good. Yeah, it looked like you were breaking up a bit. Yeah, your screen froze. Hmm. But, okay, I fast forward before technology cut us off again. Um... Yeah, I I got help. Um, I started my healing journey. Um, I was still coming to Birmingham every once in a while, working on side projects or events and helping with the market and stuff for that. Um, early 2018, I decided to move to Memphis. Um, Memphis was never on my list of cities to move to. Um, one of the key reasons why I came here, my best friend slash cousin lived here. Um, and she was just like, you need to come live with me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I moved here. I um, was still working social media on the side with people. That's how I was putting, like, make sure I was feeding myself. And then I got um, a call to join interview at a marketing agency here in Memphis called Press Marketing. 
Um, I got that job. I was able to work with Beverly Howard Robertson for three and a half years at the agency. And that's where I got my foundation in media and writing, PR, marketing. Mm. Um, and it was a black agency, which was very important uh, to me at that time. And so I was still building my side business too, right? Um, at the same time. And back in 20, when did I leave? 2021, I left Trust Marketing and started Phyllis Media Agency. Um, and I haven't looked back. Um, I've been very blessed to have my business. I've been very blessed to do some amazing things in my career and work with some amazing people uh, from all walks of life. Uh, I'm excited that I've been able to have a six-figure business in, the le in less than two years as well, which is, um, you know, phenomenal. Um, so how I'm able to continue to grow and bring in the team, that's the goal for 2023, is just like actually building my team because I'm a one woman show with help, but how can I really bring in the help to make the team, like they feel like they're a part of this company, right? So, but yeah. So that's a little bit about Birmingham. Um, would I move back to Birmingham? I tell people no. <laughs> um, I travel there for work a lot, but um, I think Birmingham served a, a really unique purpose for me. And um, I have an amazing tribe and community there, right? I moved there only knowing one person, which was a cousin. And a couple of oldest people were living in Birmingham too. But now I have like people in my phone from state leadership, city leadership, corporations, nonprofits, um, like people who I um, I really admire and they inspire me. And I know they're just a phone call away. Um, so yeah, that's. That's Birmingham. I'll always be highly of Birmingham. Um, Birmingham made me who made me the career person that I am today, to be completely honest with you. That whole grinding season was intense, um, but I'm tired of grinding. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I just want to like slowly build and just get better at my skill set. Um, Thank you. Oh wow, Jazz. That's very a very powerful story to where um our gold chasers definitely can can learn from. Um and I, I heard a, a few points just just from your story. Uh just one, um, you were fed up, you were tired, you wanted wanted to finally enjoy life, do something you wanted to do. So you went back to school uh, and and got more knowledge. Uh, you you learned about your industry. Uh, you studied hard. Um, there was some bumps in the road. There was some obstacles. So if you're going after a goal or dream, there's going to be obstacles, whether it be mental health, where it be finances, or where it be uh, 
people and relationships but you you stuck it through that's another thing you were persistent you kept going you you finally found something that you enjoyed you wasn't letting go of it you you wanted to to keep going you you wanted to do more for yourself finally and and you know although you had to to move from birmingham you know it was still a lesson and a blessing in the skies as well just just because you when you go after your goal and dream it's it's not a wall it's just a a speed bump a small speed speed bump that you go over and you keep driving like uh, you don't stop driving because of a speed bump you say oh i'm just gonna turn around and never drive again because of the speed bump no you you just go over it at a reasonable speed you get over it with all four tires and you you keep it pushing you keep going and i i see that's what you did on on your end and and you you really took a chance as well as far as going after your dream and starting your own business and and dating me too so at the same time which Wow. So it's two businesses you you had to handle at the time. Uh, (laughs) But I'm definitely blessed to be a part of that journey and just to to see you just go through that and just to step in to yourself and who who you really needed to be and want it to be and have to be. So I'm honored. Thank you, babe. <laughs> no problem, no problem. So, you know, you, you've you been an author. You wrote a book. Uh, I've seen you travel the country uh, just to, to help those who, who needed to vote, to get out there and vote. Uh, I've seen you host concerts. I've seen you uh, work with all of the HBCUs in Alabama. I've seen you work the World Games with all the athletes around the world. And um, I just want to know what's what's next for you. What's just just. Just let me know what is next for Jasmine and Phyllis Media Agency because your your worst day is somebody's best day if you didn't know it or not. Like your your worst day is somebody's best day with all the celebrities you work with, like you said, the uh who you got on speed dial, like you you just out here. So but but what's next? What what's some projects you're working on and uh some things you wanna do in the future? Um, so 2023 has already lined up to be a pretty big year for us. Um, we have several festivals and conferences already on the books um, for us to help with some marketing and PR efforts for. Um, we're excited to continue working to help elevate HBCUs around the country um, this year as well. Um, there's some I can't really talk about because it's just like, you know, the NDAs and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, 
we're very excited about what we have lined up, some things that I'm personally after this year um, as well. Um, a lot of traveling this year too uh, for work that we're very excited about. Um, I'm really trying to elevate Phillips Media as not just the small boutique agency that people are afraid that we can't handle the work or what comes with them. We can, right? Uh, me and you just talked about this earlier today, how I want my agency to be in a conversation where people need somebody who is going to do the work. They think of Phillips Media Agency, right? Mm. Um, the, we go above and beyond what we're asked to do and we do it with dignity and a grace about ourselves and make it easier for people to want to continue working with us, right? Mm -hmm. um, the stories we've helped to elevate, the voices that have been um, spotlighted, um, you know, we're very blessed and proud to be able to do the work that we do, whether it is working a um, a festival in the Birmingham Civil Rights District, or whether it is helping a Memphis-based um, owner, business owner, elevate her retail brand and get her product on shelves across the globe, right? We got range, we're able to like dibble and dabble and really make people, like help people accomplish their dreams and their businesses. Um, I, I, I really just want to like build my team this year um because with with new projects with new clients comes more responsibility um so me learning how to be an effective leader learning how to communicate how to delegate how to trust my folks um how to train and teach like i'm taking some professional development courses and involved in a couple organizations around here in memphis to help me get to that point um because I really see us like taking taking over, right? Um, and bringing people around us um, with us to win too. Because there's enough out here for everybody. So I'm not looking at the next agency, seeing what they're doing and things like that. Like I'm focused when I'm working with somebody, I'm focused on them, what their goals are, and how our services can help um, them with that. So. Breakdown Phillips Media Agency, we are a social media management and public relations firm. So we help with all kinds of social media marketing, producing content, creating content, um, helping people, people stay organized, put their content right, because most of the time we don't have to do a lot of creating. We come across people who already have a lot of content and they just don't know what to do with it, right? So we're able to help them strategize come up with the strategy, the plan, the goals, right, with their content and what they want to achieve. But public relations, you know, people think of media and news, but it's a lot deeper than just writing the press release, right? PR sometimes is me working with corporations who have a community initiative going on and want to make sure that they are not being seen as so performative in the community. Right. How are we tailoring that strategy to make it known to the residents? Like, no, this initiative is really trying to help. Right. So PR has is different. Every day is a different day. I never have the same day. I don't work with the same type of client. Like, there's the clients are in different industries across the entire world. 
And so we're excited. We're excited. Um, excited about 2023 wants to come. Um, and then the years to come after that, right? Like, I want to re- be able to retire by the time I'm 45. What, we're 32 right now? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and my ultimate dream is to just become this best-selling author of like 10 dozen dozen books and just um, renowned speaker and maybe creative director, maybe a little producer behind the scenes. But mm-hmm. that's that's what I want to do um, and take my brand as Jasmine Bloom to that next level with that, right? Um, there are a lot of African-American, there are a lot of Black women, young Black women who need some mental support out here. And if my life is any way of an example for them to be that, if I can go through it, they got it too. Mm-hmm. And I think I've done my job, and I think my purpose here is quite clear. Mm, there you have it, folks. Jasmine Phillips, my boo, my babe. And she has some some great things in the future, as you can see. She's a amazing media strategist, amazing author. So go cop that as Jasmine Blooms on Amazon, right? It's on Amazon. You can oh. still buy it on the website too. Oh, Amazon. on the web. Tell them the website. Um, the website is asjasminsbloom.com. That is asjasminsbloom.com. Or jasmineandphillips.com. Either way, you'll find it. Um, mm. We're on Amazon. I'm just typing Ask Jasmine's Bloom or Jasmine Phillips. You'll come across the book as well. You get faster shipping with Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing about Amazon, um, I ship my books personally because the money that you get from Amazon don't come into your pocket for almost two months, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I like for, to support local businesses directly sometimes instead of using third parties because I know the money means a lot more to them. So no. yeah, either way, um, I can share the link with you. And we are out of time, as you can see from the alarm. But it was great, babe. Thank you for this great interview. I know a lot of people have uh, learned a lot as far as what you do. And people who want to get into media, I think they they learned a lot as well. Just seeing your grind going from one industry and going to another. So it is possible. And they don't have to listen to the naysayers who say, oh, why are you doing this? There's no money in this. And Follow your heart, go chasers. Follow your heart. Work hard. Overcome those obstacles and keep it pushing. Stay persistent. But and that's let me all. Let's you real quick before we go, because you know I was about to do this. Um, thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for the work that you are doing with the Impel Project. Right. Um, I think it's. Yes, you better plug yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I think the work you're doing is very crucial for our community. Um, a lot of people are scared to go after their goals, right? And sometimes they may not need this 
big meet like big big like celebrity to like tell them what they need to do sometimes it's hearing for somebody who grew up in the same area who had the same background upbringing um it it takes somebody who feels like home for people to latch on to and to build their skill sets and their confidence right seeing your seeing you being able to coach youth um and elders right the range you have with that right um it's been amazing being on that journey and watching you grow i'm excited about what the Intel project is going to continue to do um you guys be sure to support my baby and his brand and make sure you sign up for your free gold coaching session when you purchase your crew net for 40 dollars because i'm getting mine i always always buy from him he don't like to just you know i don't like getting things for free from him although he insists that i just take it but i don't um because i believe in supporting our people um so yeah you, um thank you babe for this opportunity um i'm super proud excited can't wait to see what 2023 is like for dmpl project and joshua and john your number one goal coach taking things one goal at a time that girl spitting that girl spitting right there I appreciate it. I appreciate you hyping me up. Thank you. Thank you. You know, you was awesome to nod my head just because you was flowing. You had bars right there. That's what's up. Bars. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Gold Chasers, that's a wrap for, for Gold Talks. Check this out on all your podcast outlets and subscriptions, uh, Apple, um, Google, Spotify. Uh, also check it out on YouTube as well. And that's all I got, Gold Chasers. And don't forget to pre-order your Gold Chaser crew nets. Do not forget that. As my babe said, we got the Speak and Seek crew crew neck and we got the regular gold chaser here so definitely do that and get and get some gold coaching let's get it but that's that's all i got peace